0: This morning I want to talk about this judgment seat of Christ. I have four scriptures that I just want to uh, go over real briefly, and then we will talk about it. You know, when we look about the judgment seat of Christ, or we, we... the the imagery there uh, is of a Paul uses it as a beam of seat. It was a seat that it was a judgment, a piece of pavement, if you will, usually raised a little bit that, that athletes and stuff would be judged according to you know what they've done. And and the imagery is, is that Paul says and we'll read this probably here towards the end. You know, First Corinthians nine, he says, you know what we all need. We're on this race. But we all need to run this race. They're going to run it. The mortals are going to run it as a perishable wreath, okay? They are training. They are doing everything they can for a perishable wreath. In other words, it's going to perish. It's good for this life and this life alone. That's it. Boom, it's gone. A thousand years from now, nobody will remember it. Nobody will care. But we as Christians, we run this race for an imperishable wreath. One that will 10,000 years from now, we, it will be embedded in our praise and our worship of the one who needs to be praised and worshiped. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ, high and lifted up. So that's what he's really centering around and what he's looking at. But listen to these. The first one I have, we'll go from Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and then we'll end with the, with, uh, the Lord's Declaration of Revelation 22. But just listen to these, Okay. Romans 14, 12, Paul says, So then, each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Now, if you're taking notes, I would rather have you take the notes of these verses and then look them up later than trying to to go back and forth. So then, each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Each of us, of himself we are not going to be judged on what we how much we learn in a certain course or how much we learn from somebody we are going to give account of ourselves to god ourselves paul says in 1 corinthians chapter 3 11 through 15 listen to this for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid which is jesus christ now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but He Himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Paul says in Second Corinthians 5, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Whether good or bad. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22, or excuse me, verse 24, he says, Do you not know that those who run a race all run? Like we were talking about, but one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. For everyone who competes for the prizes, temperate in all things, they do it for a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Jesus Christ says in Revelation twenty-two twelve, and behold, I am coming quickly. And my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. We're all going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's it's not for our salvation. These this is for the church. This This message this morning and these promises and to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior is for the church. We need to understand that. So it's it's a privilege, first of all. (laughs) It is a privilege to be able to stand before my Lord and gaze upon Him and to give an account of what I have done down here Where is my priority? Where is my love? We've talked last week about they've left their first love. You know, my pastor used to tell me that it's not what we do for Christ, but it's what what Christ does through us that lasts. It's the fruit that's not born on my puny little spring, but it's the fruit that's been born because I have abided in, I'm the branch that abides in the vine. And Jesus said, and when you abide in me, and I abide in you, you bear much fruit. But it takes an act of the will. We must be understanding that when we stand before Christ, we're going to stand before him, and all pretenses will be taken away. You know, the, the, the attitude, the diligence, the, the, what is the most important thing in our life will be revealed. Tony Evans writes this. He writes, At the beam seat, the judgment seat, Jesus Christ will bring to light every deed, good or bad, with each believer, what each believer has done on earth since he or she became a Christian. And as 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says, every Christian will be rewarded on the basis of his words, his deeds, and his faithfulness. His faithfulness. I'll say this before and we'll we'll end with, with probably something like this after this message. I don't want to take too long. Are you ready, brethren, to stand before the judgment seat of Christ? Are you ready? Out of your love for Christ and appreciation for the gift of the salvation that he so earnestly came to this earth to give, are we serving God faithfully now? Because you will be rewarded later. But are we serving Him faithfully now? Are we faithful before Him? Are we knowing His word? Are we abiding in Him? Are we praying? Are we taking all manner of life to Him? Are we doing His will? Do we do those things that please the Father? Or are we filled with selfish ambition you know are we filling our days with, with our woes and woe is me and the problems that we have or are we are we realizing that we have the life of God in us and he is allowing us to be a willing vessel to go out and bring his glory to this world that is going to hell What is it? What's our aim? Is our aim just to come to church because that's just the Christian right thing to do? Or is our aim coming to church because we're not only going to learn of His Word, but you know what, there are souls. How many people would know of Nancy Anderson if it wasn't this place? How would the people up here ever hear about the Word of God if it wasn't for this place? How does sometimes we, we don't come and hear sting things about, this is one of my my things, Okay, as you know. How if we don't know about marriage and the the sanctity of marriage and the responsibility God has given husbands to their wives if it wasn't for this place? What I am saying here, what is our priority in life? We're all going to give an account before our Lord. when everybody else fled from him, did he stop his mission? (laughs) Or as Paul said, because everybody doesn't believe this thing, does that mean God's truth is a lie? But Christ went to the cross, knowing that as he'd gone there, most people rejected him. They called him a heretic. They called him blasphemed. The religious leaders that he did not fit into their program. So they they spit on him and condemned him to death. They disowned him when Pilate wanted to let him go, and have him in no no way, shape, or form saying that that was not God's plan. It was God's plan that Christ would go to the cross. But are we? willing to stand for Jesus Christ in the midst of of oppression and in the midst of people laughing in the midst of of this declining church, a lot of people get discouraged because they can't find a Bible-believing church. If you were to stand before Jesus Christ tonight, would you wince? Or would you be so overjoyed that you can contain yourself? That's something we all have to ask. And it's serious. Because it's serious to God. Jesus taught about it. The apostles talked about it. There is no area in life that is going to overtake us, that God doesn't provide the way of escape. There's no area that in our life that, that comes to where we have to push him aside and try to navigate through that ourselves. Nothing. 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 We already know as a church that there is no other foundation that can be laid for our salvation. That is it, okay? There's a divisive factor right there. Jesus Christ laid his life down as a sacrifice that pleased the Father, and he is saying, whosoever will may come and drink of the water of life freely. That is laid down. Then he says, but yet on that foundation, whoever builds upon it as a Christian, we've been left here. The Bible says that Jesus... Not only is the foundation, but he is the cornerstone. He is the the one that said, it is more expedient that I go away. I didn't just come to be a teacher. I didn't just come to lay down principles. He says, it's expedient that I go away. If I go away, I will send the comforter, the helper to you. That means something right there. That tells us something right there that as He lived this life on earth doing good and proclaiming the kingdom of God, now His very life is in us in the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, and we have that mission too. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. We are to be light. Jesus talks so much about these things. No one goes into a room and puts a lamp under a bushel. They go into a room and they set the lamp on a lampstand. We have an opportunity to show Jesus Christ. How do I know this? You know what? The most One of the most leading things in the church today is people doubt this book. You know why? Because the people that propose to preach it and teach it can't give a defense for it. Because their life is in shambles. They really don't know what's going on. In fact, they have more aims in life than this. So if it's not really that serious to us, why should somebody who's looking for the truth, why not go to a Mooney? Why not go to a Buddhist? Why not go to a Hinduist? Why not go to a Mormon? Why not go to somebody that has all these great-looking little pieces of literature and feed these real welcome lies to everybody and believe it? But when somebody sees the Word of God and they see a life that's been changed by it, we have that opportunity. So when we stand before Jesus Christ... Wow, we know we have lived the life down here with what He's given us. He's only given us so long to live. What are you building on this foundation that you that we believe? This church is based on First Corinthians chapter three, verse eleven. A foundation. This is our foundation. When we build upon it, when we allow the testimony of Christ to shine through, I think some of us are a concealed vessel. We, we kind of put the lid on tight and, and uh, we're kind of like that, that guy who took the manna and he, he was afraid he was going to lose it, but he knew he was going to have to give accountability. So he said, if I hide it away, at least when, they, when it's time for me to give an account, at least I can dig it up and here it is. That's not what the Christian life's all about. And by the way, When Jesus talks about that type of thing, he always states this. He gives us uh, talents and gifts to do according to our ability. You know, I'm not going to ever be a Billy Graham. He's not going to expect me to be a Billy Graham. He's not going to expect you to be a Billy Graham. He's not going to judge you according to anybody else. That is so wonderful to me. I am not going to be laid aside against the men in my life that that God has greatly used in my life. He's not going to compare me to anybody. I'm going to stand before him myself. You are going to stand before him yourself. It makes a lot of people nervous. And if it makes a lot of people nervous, maybe they ought to understand why. Because it's not condemnation. You know, Jesus is not standing there going, you're going to see me pretty soon. (laughs) You better get busy, bud. Because there is no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. He took your sin and your punishment upon himself so that we might be forgiven. Will you go out and, and, and be that vessel for him? I want us to stand before the Lord with all of our heart and not have any regrets. Not have any Understanding that we could have done more. We could have, have given our life more, but we have been filled with selfish ambition. Ourself. You know, your time is not your own. But yet some of us act like our time is our own. We can do whatever we want. Well, God, you know, that's that's amazing thing about God. He allows us to do it. If that's what we want to do, that's what we can do. I could go out and commit adultery tonight. God's not going to grab my collar and keep me there. Maybe he might. But you know what? I have seen too many examples of somebody who stubbornly wants to go their own way. They will. They will. But they're going to get an account for it. If Jesus Christ and the message of his gospel means that much to us, it will show in what we do. Paul says, therefore, knowing these, and knowing the love of Jesus Christ, we make it our aim, whether present or absent. In other words, he, did, he preceded this talk in 2 Corinthians 5 about being absent from the bodies, to be at home with the Lord, and so forth. So what he's talking about here, whether to be absent and whether to be gone here, or whether to be here working, he says, we make it our aim to be well-pleasing. And is that your aim this morning and all through your days? Do you wake up in the day? I remember uh, one, of my, uh, one of my favorite things that I gleaned from a teacher of, of mine. I didn't know him, but I learned a lot from him. don't agree with everything. I do agree with this. He'd wake up every morning with his wife and the first thing they would do, they would sing that as morning gilds the skies, my heart awakening cries. May Jesus Christ be praised. Is that what we do? We get up in the morning and we, we the first thing is that Christ is, is preeminent in our life. Lord, what would you have me to do today? Well, you don't understand. I gotta go. I gotta get up at four thirty in the morning. And I gotta go to work. Yeah, I do understand. I had seventeen year career doing that. I understand that. But what do you want me to do at work? Who do you want me to talk to? Lord, b- bring people in my life that you would that, that that you want me to be representatives or what have you. We want to be well pleasing to Him because we all must appear before Him. Things done good in the, in the body, whether good or bad. Wow, wait a minute. People start getting really antsy about this. Wait a minute, what do you mean with things I've done? I'm not a pastor, I'm not an educator, I can't talk well, I can't do a lot of things well. Do you love your husband and your wife in a godly way? Do you pray for those around you? Do you minister to those that God puts you in, in, uh, in front of you? Do you love Jesus Christ with all your heart? Do you know the first thing that he's going to say to somebody that is in his presence? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Those words should monitor everything we do. I know me personally, that's what motivates me. That's where I do, whatever I do, I want to do with all my heart because I want to hear those words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Some of us have that attitude. Wait a minute! Wait, wait, wait don't come back here. Gosh, I, I haven't, I have gone on that, that camping trip I wanted, or I haven't gone. You know, and they they just seem to want to. You know, they're not expecting the Lord to come back because they want things to do in their life. They want to accomplish something. They want to accomplish. And I'm not here to condemn anybody, but I am here to say that if we stood again before the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, would you wince? or would you be overjoyed? Because Lord, I have given it all. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. And now there's a crown laid up for me that the Lord will give to me. And not only to me, but all those who have loved his appearing, Paul says. Not only to me. Not only to the great apostle Paul, which he never looked at himself that way, by the way. It's the church that uplifts people like that, not not the actual people themselves. Paul says, I don't even judge myself. The Lord judges me. That should be our pattern. The Lord is the one that looks upon Jeff Graham and looks at what he's done for me and what I'm capable of, and, and he's entered my life. Am I a willing vessel for him? You know, 1 Corinthians, in two places, Paul talks about the body being a vessel, one individually and one the church. Okay, there's a temple of God, which is each individual, and he habits this temple, and he has a right to rule it. And there's the other one, which, meaning the church, the temple of God, which, which inhabits it. Peter talks about that as being stones built up to, you know, a priesthood and all that. But what are we doing individually with our life? Jesus Christ is coming back. He's coming back very quickly. Take a good concordance and look up the word "quickly." Be amazed at how many times the Bible uses that phrase or terminology. He's coming back quickly. His reward is with him, not only the reward of eternal life, but he is coming back to give each individual recognition personally. That's a, that's the thing I wanted to end this message on this morning as well. Jesus Christ is coming back to recognize us as individuals, personally. You know? It'll be easy to stand before him at the whole church and and, and just hear a bunch of things. But we are each going to stand before him. I don't know how that's going to work out. He's God. But I do know this one thing. He knows everything I do. And everything you do. He knows your morning. He knows your midday and he knows your evening. Everything that you do, everything that you think, are we well-pleasing to him? Are we going to stand before him? Or are we going to have regrets? If we can have regrets on how we treat our earthly children, I will guarantee you this. We will have regrets on how we have wasted time here representing the one who gave his life that we might live. When we are witnessing the great white throne judgment and those that have rejected God, those that have rejected Christ being cast into the lake of fire, we were realizing with with probably every fiber of our being that the one who saved us from that eternal doom is sitting as judge. But that one that sat as judge took the judgment for me and you. And if there's anybody out there that's listening that that will follow this. I pray that you would pray this with me. And I will close with this. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for this message of awareness. I thank you for the fact that we will all stand before you, Lord Jesus. We will all give an account. And it's not terrifying. It's not... It's Because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But Father, you will... You, you, Lord, will gaze upon me as an individual, upon me as the one that you loved. Just as you died for each one of our sins, you will look upon each one of us at your judgment seat when we stand before you, Lord. And Father, even now, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ, please forgive us, forgive me for the time that we've wasted. It is time, brethren, to start getting serious about our life in Jesus Christ. It's about time that we start looking at our life down here the way God does. It does not matter the opinions of men. It does not matter of my opinion or any other moral man's opinion. It matters what God says and how God looks at us. And Father, I pray that that as we seek to understand your word, that we would realize that you love us beyond comprehension. I want to serve you out of love and out of a grateful heart, knowing that I will see you face to face. I want to give to you my heart and everything that is involved with my life my thought life, everything I do. I want to watch my mouth. I want to watch my tongue. <clears throat> I don't want to go around coarse jesting and talking off color. I want to go around talking as if my my, my speech were seasoned with salt, so to speak. Because you know everything. And you know my heart. I pray, Father, this morning that you would would encourage us, admonish us, fill us with joy, knowing that there is no condemnation. But actually, appearing before you is a time of excitement. Because today, we can make that decision. Today, we can start living for you in everything that we do. Just as the trees on or the fruit on the trees don't wear themselves out trying to produce themselves, but they're simply abiding in the vine. Their one purpose is to be that which you call them to be, and that's Christians, ambassadors, one that bears fruit. Lord Jesus, even you said that your Father would be glorified. If there are any out there, Lord, that have regrets, that realize in their heart that you're speaking to them now, I pray that, again, they would just ask forgiveness and confess the time that they've wasted. And that they would realize that you have nothing but love for them. Thank you for this morning. And I pray as we get in a little bit later into your word that this will become ever clearer. Father, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm.